is like, you know, I just dropped off my daughter for college. Like, what are the things that I hope she really remembers are important from our family? And I will tell you, our, my favorite memories all happen on that day without screen. They all happen then. The best days of my family's fam experiences happened when we were truly together and we weren't being pulled by other people on the screens. Hi, I'm Sandy Fowler, and you're listening to Mighty Parenting, a podcast where we explore parenting in a way that helps us and our kids find more happiness and fosters emotional wellness, even while solving problems with our teens and young adults. We learn through advice and stories from experts and other parents, and I'm so glad you've joined us. So welcome to Mighty Parenting, where we have real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults in today's world. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, providing therapy when you need it. We cover a lot of different topics here at Mighty Parenting, and many of them touch on concerns that would be easier to handle with help for either you or your teen, because the entire family impacts each other. So if you struggle, it impacts your child. And when your child struggles, it makes a huge difference if you learn new skills and new ways of interacting with them. Our sponsor can help. BetterHelp provides confidential professional help through licensed therapists. They match you with a therapist based on your situation, and then you can communicate through message, chat, phone, and video for one flat fee and get all the help you need. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. They work with clients to handle things like depression, anxiety, anger, family conflicts, sleep, LBGTQ matters, relationships, support in reaching your goals, and much, much more. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com listener. Join me and over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash listener. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief coach, speaker, and host of the Mighty Parenting podcast. Quick reminder, pop on over to mightyparenting.com and grab the free email series I put there for you on how to talk to your teen so you can get tips on opening up communication and building a stronger relationship with your teen. Okay, parents, over and over, we've heard that we need to put down our phones. We need to get away from our screens. But I always look at it and go, I get it. And our devices make our lives easier. They're better. We've come to rely on them for so many things like, hey, I need a flashlight, a voice recorder, a calendar, a camera, a map, a phone book. All I got to do is reach into my back pocket or my purse and boom, it's all right there those and so much more. So why give up that convenience? And what does it look like if you do that? Is it even possible to, to truly set aside all of our tech for even an evening? And is it worthwhile to do it? Well, filmmaker, author, wife and mom, Tiffany Schlain did this. She and her family have created a tech Shabbat and she's joining us here today to share their experiences with us and tell us what she's learned, things that she has shared in her book, 24 six, giving up, giving up screens one day a week to get more creativity, time and connectivity. Tiffany, welcome to Mighty Parenting. I'm happy to be here. 
I am too. You know, we were chatting ahead of time. I told you I'm very excited to talk about this with someone who's done it, done it with a family and can really get into the nitty gritty. But mostly I'm curious what inspired you to put down your devices one day a week? Because it is, I mean, it's a project. Yeah. And I mean, I should start by saying that I love technology. I, I founded the Webby Awards. That was like the first part of my whole career was honoring the best of the web. And my husband's a professor of robotics. We obviously love this stuff. I just realized I didn't love it all the time. And, and I didn't like that it was changing the way I, my presence was like, I felt like I was never anywhere. Really. I was always somewhere else. I was, uh, you know, at work and I would check a text. I was at, with my family and I would check a text. Like I was nowhere completely present. So I, and we were, you know, we got the iPhone before anyone else. We were one of the first people. And I think we really saw the effects early because it started consuming our brains. <laughs> and I had this very dramatic um, couple weeks in my life 12 years ago where I lost my father to brain cancer and my daughter was born. And it definitely felt like one of those life moments where I was like, oh my God, you could die at any moment and you have this new life coming into your home and do you like the way you're living? And my big answer in those really dramatic moments was like, we have to make some changes. And my family's Jewish, we are not religious. We occasionally did Shabbat. And for those that don't know what that is, um, it, for Jews, it's like, you know, you have a beautiful meal on Friday night, usually home cooked, you light candles, you say blessings, and you have a wonderful meal. Now, that's what most Jews do. If you're really religious, you don't use any electricity for a day. Um, it is the fourth commandment. So for Christianity too, um, you know, that you shall take a complete day of rest on the Sabbath. But in our modern society, mostly just really religious Christians or Orthodox do that. But, but so 12 years ago, here I am, I am in this very dramatic moment in my life and really rethinking everything. And we did Shabbats occasionally, just the dinner, not the full day of rest. And um, we decided to start doing a Shabbat with a beautiful meal and turning off screens for a day. And we did it once and we did it with a group of other people, just this ceremonially for one day, it was called National Day of Unplugging. And most of them, it was just like one day a year, they were gonna try it. And it felt so good. Sandy was like, oh my God, this is exactly countering. It was immediately this state of connection with my family, a state of connection with myself and a sense of calm and presence that I was really feeling like I was missing. And the day felt really long and luxurious. And we did all these things we loved doing, but there was no interruptions from the screens. It didn't feel like a million other people were with us as we were doing the thing of being together. So at the time we had a six-year-old and a newborn. Um, and then we did it in the next week and the next week. And then I started to look forward to these, we, this tech Shabbat, we started calling them in this crazy way. You know, we always had people over Friday. It was very social, but no screens. We would let them know. So the best conversations. And then I would sleep the best Friday night. I had problems sleeping. So that was a big win for me. And then Saturday, you know, we had a newborn and a six-year-old. We would tag team sometimes so that each parent got a break, but we really made it a fun day. Like we would ask everybody in the family, what their favorite thing to do. And we'd fill the day with that. And sometimes we do nothing. Sometimes we had, a, you know, we just hung around, we napped, we cooked, read, took walks. And it's just a, like, now it's been almost 12 years, which I can't believe. And I just sent my oldest daughter off to college. Um, 
and she plans to continue doing it. And if you talk to her in high school, she's like, tech Shabbats are the one thing keeping me from high school burnout because she's like serious student and, and loves social media. So we were in all of us, I would say, love it all. We just, there's always that point where I love it. And then there's that point where I'm like, Ugh, I feel horrible. I can't get off the scroll or I'm not feeling good. So I think what Tech Shabbat has ultimately done is kind of resets you every week and reconnects you with your family and to your, yourself. And it, you know, human, I make a lot of films about neuroscience. That's what I do now is I'm a filmmaker and our brains were not designed to be on all the time. And that's what these devices have created in our lives is that we're never off. You wake up, you look at that thing, you're looking at it all day and you look at it before you go to bed. And now in my book, 24, six, I not only kind of tell you as a family, how to bring this into your life and how to convince your bosses and your kids and your teens, blah, blah, blah. But really um, I have a lot of things that I do the other six days too, because the more I, the longer I did a full day off every week, full 24 hours of no screens, the more I wanted to bring in these other moments into my other six days. Like I don't, I don't have it in the bedroom anymore. I don't use it. I, I, I don't use it as an alarm clock. I spend at least 15 to 20 minutes not on in the morning. So I think I just, the benefits have been so vast that I just, and yet I also love it. So I think, I think the dual effect and then I'll end, I know that was a really long answer, but the crazy thing is that every week I run towards the day of turning off screens, which is Friday. And then I have this incredible day that I feel completely like a good mom, a good wife, good to myself. I just feel completely reset. And then I'm super psyched to go back on Saturday night. So it ha- and then I reappreciate, oh my God, I live in this 21st century where I can order anything and, and email anyone and look up anything. And I'm like, I kind of have this double bump of, oh my gosh, it feels good to be analog for a day and hear my own thoughts. And then I also reappreciate that I live in a time of the internet. And that's, I think, key is not vilifying our devices, not shaming people for device usage because they are fantastic tools. And yet you found this way to get a real break from them. I I know I've gotten breaks. My family camps, we backpack, we tent camp. And backpacking, yeah, phones are off. I mean, you have it with you for an emergency and then hope that there's actually a signal if there's an emergency. But yeah, tent camping, we've done a family trip for 20 years now. Same, same family, same campground, same trip. And we used to use walkie-talkies inside the campground to communicate. Like if people, you know, some people are out in the boat, some are back at the campsite when the kids were little and we had multiple families there, there'd be a group of adults. And so you just get on the walkie-talkie and go three kids coming to the beach. And they'd be like, sending two back. (laughs) (laughs) The kids could wander, but we could communicate. Everyone had a camera. You take some some pictures here and there. Now all of that's on the phone. And so it used to be when we went to camp, we shut our phones off and I didn't turn my phone on until I left and I would get a week or two weeks. I might flip it on just to check sometime if you know, for an emergency call, but mostly it gave people the campground phone number. So if there's an emergency call there now, I'm like, we don't even own a camera and we certainly don't have the walkie talkies anymore. And I found myself this year thinking I'm going to go by even if I just get a disposable camera to take pictures for that trip. But I'm like, I think I'm going to go buy walkie talkies and a camera because Mm -hmm. I really hated 
just the only thing we turned it on for was if someone was in the boat so we could communicate with the boat or to take pictures but just even touching it when I was at the campground. Oh my God. Immediately. Cause also there's notification. I mean, I find that because some people will say to me, Oh, Tiffany, I would do this. But what if I, I mean, what if I just used it as X, but the problem is that's not what, how it's designed. You literally open your phone and there's so many things coming at you. There's a text, to work thing. There's a news alert. There's a, this, that, and then suddenly you're back in your other state of mind. Mm-hmm. And even just doing one thing puts you yeah. in that state of mind. There's something about just reconnecting with that device. Yeah, because it it is a so it's like a it's associated with so many things for you. Um, it's everything. That's the promise of it is everything in one device. So you can't really look at it as one thing. And that's why on our texture bots, I have a Polaroid. Um, for a while there, we got a turntable. It was very fun to turn our kids onto vinyl. I mean, now we do use the Alexa as music. She just started turning on um, because it's just verbal and you're not on a screen rabbit hole, which is like the boundary that we created. But um, and we have a landline, um, which a lot of people ask, which I've hardly ever used. But if I if anyone needed to get in touch with me that day um, or if I needed to call someone. But I think that we forgot that we used to exist without this device. And as marvelous and wonderful it is, it's just so seductive and alluring and um, it's going to take you out of where you are. And I think something I've really noticed is that all during the week, I'm like, I'm, you know, you use that great example of all the things you can order. Oh, I want to order that flashlight. I need to find out this. I needed to, and you're in a constant state of want and do, and you know, it's just like, and wanting to be somewhere you're not and looking through other people's scrolls. And it creates this just sense. It's like a want machine. And when I turn it off on Friday at around six 30 every week, I immediately go from a state of want to a state of presence and not wanting anything, like just appreciating what's actually in my home already because you don't really need that much stuff. And we live in a consumer culture that makes you think you need a lot more than you do. But really when you're like, oh my God, it's off. Look at look at what's right in front of me. Look at my kids and my garden and oh my gosh, I have everything I need right here. And I immediately flip to that state every week and it feels incredible. It's Okay. And I love the word that you used incredible because we have the two sides to that, right? Oh, it's so incredible. It feels so good to turn this off. And then this is the other side of like, that's incredible is more like incredulous. I can't believe that can happen. So what were some of the stumbling blocks you ran across that maybe you can help us avoid if we're going, you know, let's try this, or even let's just try it Friday evenings. Okay. Well, yeah, I, there's a cut. And again, I really walk this through in the book, like the different scenarios, but I'll tell you that, um, usually Friday afternoon. Well, the first thing I would say is to go to your calendar and, and put it in your calendar for four weeks in a row. There's so much research that to really integrate any habit into your life, you can't just do it once. So I think like going into your calendar and marking off, we're doing tech Shabbat this weekend, next, like, like look at your life and say, we're going to design around this. The second thing I would do is invite some fun people over for dinner that are going to join you for your dinner part those five weeks. That's also fun to look forward to and let them know it's going to be tech-free and it's an experiment and you're bringing them on board. The third thing I would say is, um, you know, I've done it with two kids in soccer Friday afternoon, I usually got a piece of paper and a Sharpie pen 
and I would write where the fields were and what time we needed to be there. And I would let a mom know on the team, like, you know, we're going to be off. So if you could call me on my landline, if there's any change of field, like once we went to the wrong field in 11 years, I mean, it's not very much, but um, I would really recommend trying a whole day. I know people are like, what if I just do it for a meal? I mean, I think that's great too, but to be honest with you, the feeling you get from off, just like when you go camping, I know when you go camping, it's such a big feeling to go camping for a full day. Like if you went to a barbecue, that would be super fun and a campfire, but there's something about, I mean, this idea of Shabbat and the Sabbath is over 3000 years old. I love any idea that's lasted this long. And I think of it like yoga, meditation, Shabbat, it's right there. It's an ancient idea for well-being. And we have created a society that's 24 seven, no one's ever off. And I am a big proponent to do it for a whole day. That's why I call the book 24 six is that I had unplugged for various couple hours here or there, but it was only when I did that first day that I told you at the beginning of the conversation that I felt awesome. I was like, I returned to myself. My family reconnected in a profound way. Like it just, I feel like you need the full day. And I feel like everyone that's listening and going, I could never do that. I would say, really? Could you really not just like plan for a day? You know, so Friday night, you have people over make a fun meal. And Saturday, we really, it's family day. Actually, when I was growing up in the seventies, I'm 51. So I kind of grew up half of my life analog and half on the online, but Sundays, everything used to be closed and it felt very different. You know, it was like a very different kind of day. And I loved it. We had family day and I think that's kind of gone away. So Saturday becomes your family day and you might have some sporting events. You might have a couple of things, but really it's a day for your family to hang out. And some people will say to me, well, what if my kids, they want to go to a party? I mean, if they want to hang out with their friends, I'll usually say, invite them over Friday night. We'll have their family come over. And it's such a great way to meet your friend's family is to have them over for dinner. And then Saturday, they go out if, they, if they're teens and they want to go out. But Saturday, just from like when we wake up, which teens wake up late, you know, we're really talking like a six hours together of doing and, and have them choose what you do. If you have really little kids, like I said, we also tag team. So we got a break, but I believe everyone listening can do it. And that it's a, it's a mindset. If you say that's going to be so hard, I can never do it. You're never going to be able to do anything. But if you approach it as like, this is going to be the most awesome day for my family and myself. And it's going to be filled with all the things we want to do. Uh, it's a day of joy. Okay, Tiffany, I have so many things that you sparked in that <laughs> little piece that you gave me. Number one is you just gave us a path to community. I think that is something that we have lost in our culture, and it's something that we lose as our kids move into the teen years. We aren't involved in the classrooms anymore. Right. I, you don't drop off and pick up anymore. Yeah. Right. And in in high school, as it should be, your parents were encouraged to move to the peripheral it's part of the school so that the kids are taking over and, and they're getting to separate from families a little bit. And yet we we still need that connection with our kids. You said it's a great way to get to know their friends, but we also then get to meet their friends, families, and their parents. And that creates that sense of community for the parents because we lose that. We lose that support system that we also need as parents. So that suggestion alone is gold. Well, I do think, you know, having my kids' friends over for a meal, 
I feel like it brings the kids closer together. I know who they're hanging out with more. There's the parents are invested in my kids. I'm invested in their kids. It's just like, it's such a fun thing to be, you know, and, and this last year when my daughter was going off to college and we were thinking about it, we had like each of her best friend's families over for Shabbat. And it was so much fun. And I just, you know, these are people that we've watched our kids grow up together. And you're right. I mean, my daughter just started going to middle school where there's no pickup and drop off. You suddenly feel, I mean, fortunately, there's a group of moms that from elementary, but you're right. It just kind of, you have to make that extra effort to really understand who your kids are hanging out with. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about how stores used to be closed on Sunday. My my husband and I lived in Germany for three years, 20, 26 years ago. <laughs> I don't know what they do now, mm-hmm. but back then it, the stores were, they closed, most of the stores closed at noon on Saturday and they were closed all day Sunday. And at least in the area we lived in Bavaria, it was illegal to mow your lawn or do outdoor it was expected that Sunday was about church family. That right. that's well, you know the was. the founding of our country. George Washington got a ticket. I write about this in the book, um, because he was riding his horse on the Sabbath. Like our country was founded on a lot of people wanting a more strict form of Sabbath. I mean, it's when you really. I mean, even the term Sabbath. That's like my husband is a professor, so the term sabbatical is comes from the word Shabbat. Every seven years, a professor take gets to break to refresh and recharge and every seven days of the 10 you know 10 commandments of the fourth commandment you shall take a day of rest to recharge and we just have created a world where we don't value truly resting because we have these devices that put us in the state of doing everything all the time we do and there is definitely a difference i that was one of the things i adored about the time that we lived there is it doesn't have to be if you're not if you're not religious if you are not affiliated with um, a religion or a religious community, if you are not spiritual, that's fine. But you are still a human being. Human beings. That's right. Yes. It doesn't have to be focused around church and religion. It yes. just needs to be yes. That's why I called the book twenty four six and not tech Shabbat, To be honest, because I, re- I mean, again, I have great respect if people are religious, but I am not religious, and I felt like here was this incredible idea that only religious people were doing and we've never needed it more in society. So I, I wrote it, I called it 24 six to get to the higher idea of what it was as a day of rest, because you're right. We're all humans. And if you're an atheist or any religion, this is a way of living that can bring you so much joy and connection and balance that, you know, we're not living in right now. I mean, the rate of burnout and the pandemic and people are online more than ever. And it's okay to turn it off. And not only that, but it allows you to kind of think for yourself. And those of you that have younger kids, I mean, whatever they're doing again and again is strengthening that part of their brain. So if they're really young kids and every time they're bored, they go to the iPad or go to a game, what that's strengthening is I can never be bored. I need to be, have external entertainment and stimulation. I am a true believer. I want my kids to be able to entertain themselves, to be resourceful, to um, think of things on their own. 
And right now it's such a group think with so many influences online. And when you sit and I mean, I personally like my favorite day to read is on Saturday. Cause when I read the other six days, like I'm sure many people listening, I'm reading my book, my phone's nearby. There's a line in the book that makes me think of something I need to do on the phone. And then I'm totally off the book. I actually put things aside that I want to read deeply for Saturday. And I journal on Saturday. I read on Saturday. I hang out. I, and I, I'm a filmmaker and all of my creative ideas come on Saturday. So this is pure, like just, just for the parents. Like I feel the most creative on Saturday and there's so much research. And we just had the, you know, the Olympics were in July and there's no athlete that would train every day. No, they have to do interval training. They have to take a break. And we, our brains are our most incredible organ in our body. And we are working it seven hours, seven days a week. And you touched on a couple more things there. One is the ability for our kids to entertain themselves and to be bored. Creativity actually comes through the process of boredom. Totally. When I'm having, you said, you know, you get your creative ideas on Saturday. If I'm stuck on something in work, I go clean my house. <laughs> and that's when the solution yeah. will come to me. I, it might not happen right that minute, but like you said, the creative ideas, the solutions, they come when we aren't pushing in, in knee deep in, in the ideas and the technology. And um, there was just, I was talking about, you know, when we lived in Germany, it was such a different feeling. And I am a goer and a doer and I enjoy doing, I, I in, enjoy having a lot happening and seeing family and friends and doing work, doing things that are meaningful to me. I had one child, one child was born in Germany. My next home was born back in the States. And the experience of going through those times in the two different cultures mm. was just fascinating to me. There's Mm -hmm. so much more busyness in the States. And this was, like I said, this was 24, 26 years ago. We're a much busier culture now than we were then for certain. But having that day where the whole community was slowing down was amazing. And then coming back to a place where Sunday or Saturday in the case of people who are following a Jewish tradition, but the Sabbath, whatever that was, that's a time to catch up on all the things that you didn't do. It, it was very, it was exhausting one. And even just moms who've nursed, no, no problem with the first kid. Second one, the only difference is the culture. And Mm. it was a little bit of a struggle. And that was just because I was more stressed and more busy, but you also touched on something else. So here's something I want us to realize is that it does take some planning. You talked about, you know, you have to go on there on Friday and get the information to see where the, where the fields are for the events and things. And that was one thing when we lived in Germany, if we were going to be having people over on the weekend, I needed to make sure I had everything because no one was running to the grocery store Saturday night or Sunday at lunch to go get the things that I forgot. And if I forgot something, it also was not the end of the world. You mentioned one time you went to the wrong field. I bet you guys have a good family story about that too, though, that comes up and you share and you repeat that and you reconnect and deepen your connection with your kids over that faux pas. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's always, I should say, just so everyone knows I'm human, like anyone, there are times where we got so lost and I'll be like, okay, Ken, look it up on your phone, you know, because, or, and then there's like five, I don't know, a handful of times a year where Ken and I both do a lot of speaking where we have to travel and you just, you cannot do it when you're traveling, but that is the exception. And I will tell you when we have to miss it for one of those for traveling for work, like everyone feels it. Like you just feel like you never got that break. Even my daughters will say, oh, like my daughter was part of like, um, it's like a mock government program. And she would do a conference a couple of times a year. And whenever she didn't get the textbook, she'd be like, I am so exhausted. I never got to recharge. And so you really, even those five or six times a year, you can't do it. You feel it. And, and I love that you feel it. And you feel, and I think that's the other thing with the pandemic is that it was really nice. Like no one could ever cancel our Shabbat, even in the heat of COVID, even when we couldn't have anyone over, we would still make a special meal and it, it created a boundary. And I think, you know, that's what the pandemic did so much is everyone's like, it's blurs day. Everything's so blurry. And, you know, it's good to have boundaries. It's good to say, this is our day. We're not going to work. And this is, we're just going to do things that bring us joy. Only things that bring us joy for one day. And, um, and I think the promise of technology in the early days when I was founding the Webby Awards was that it was going to blur every boundary. You could work from the beach, you could work from your bedroom, you could work from the bathroom. I think we all saw it's not fun to work from the bedroom or the beach or the bathroom. Like, do those things when you're there, go to sleep, go to the beach, go to the bathroom, don't bring your devices and like just create some boundaries. It's actually not a bad thing. And then for what I'm saying is for a family is like, you know, I just dropped off my daughter for college. Like, what are the things that I hope she really remembers are important from our family? And I will tell you, our, my favorite memories all happen on that day without screen. They all happen then. The best days of my family's fam experiences happened when we were truly together and we weren't being pulled by other people on the screens. I can absolutely feel that. I totally see how that can be the case. One of the things that also caught my attention though, is your kids were younger when you started this. Yeah. Have you talked to people who started it with older kids? I'm curious how, how that goes. If there are tips for bringing it about, do you demand that they do it? If they don't just jump on board? I think there are different strategies. I mean, when your child is six and you have a newborn, you're saying this is what's happening. And then when they're older, mm -hmm. you don't, and a lot of times parents use it as a punishment to take a screens away. So you have to disengage that association. So what I usually recommend, but I go into much more detail in the book is, you know, your kids, like every kid's different, right? So some kids are really into sports. So if you said, we're going to do family soccer, or we're going to go to the beach or, you know, the thing your kid loves to do, or maybe you should ask them because maybe it's changed, but fill the day with that be like, this is going to be a day. We're trying this experiment. We're all in it. We're going to do it for four weekends in a row. And each weekend, somebody gets to pick a part of the day to design what we're going to do. And that could be nothing. That could be napping. That could be reading. That could be cooking, whatever it is outside playing Frisbee. And we're going to try this for four weeks and see how it feels. And I promise you, it's going to feel amazing. And everyone's going to real. I mean, it's like when you go on that camping trip, it's like when you take your family on a vacation and they're in a different mode of being and everyone has such a good time that's what it's like every week it actually does feel a bit like you're doing a vacation every week that's the way my older daughter would describe it 
that was another nuance is you talking about this as not just putting down devices, but this is real, real rest, real rejuvenation, spending time together, getting some downtime. You didn't just say devices need to get set aside. You said life, well, not life, the work of life needs to get mm-hmm. set aside. And it seems like that's an important distinction. Yeah, it's not a day to be running. Because there was a point in my life where Saturdays was like errand day. You know, like that's the day that you're doing. I mean, sometimes we go to the farmer's market, but I truly enjoy doing that. I mean, sometimes I will organize something because it actually will make like my art closet or the kitchen something so I can cook better. But it's not a day about obligation, I think. It's really not about getting back to people on text. Oh, and you do have to let people know in your family. And again, I walk you through all these like simple steps, not that many, but like, you know, text if people, te- people, what if somebody texts me? So there are some ways you can, um, to your phone where you can have auto responses for texts. You can make like, if your mother's ill in the hospital, like one person that if it's going to come through on that phone, you can set up your phone that way on that day. Um, but I usually do like a social media post actually on Friday, like going offline for my tech Shabbat, but people in your, and tell them your best friends and your parents and whoever, you know, is going to expect you to respond. Hey, I'm doing this. and invite them over for dinner, make it like, have them come over Friday night. Um, but you do need to, you know, let people know. And that's because it is kind of like, I think what we created is everyone just expects everyone to respond so quickly all the time. So there's kind of an uh, response expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As someone who has worked from a home office since 2007, I can tell yeah. you, you can do that. You just, you have to tell people and you actually have to train people. And yes, right. no, no, that's exactly right. You're training people. Yeah. Because we've trained them to answer right away. I can tell you right now, if I'm an emergency, I know who I'm going to text because that person always answers a text immediately. Other people in my life don't do that. And I have, I have one family member who you can text and I, I would be shocked if I got an answer. I don't even know if they see the texts or if they just, you know, it's just not their thing and that's all fine. But yes, we can train people that, Hey, we don't answer right away. And as you said, we have do not disturb on our phones. I put my phone on do not disturb every night. And yeah, you know, that it's a little thing, but again, phone out of the bedroom, do not disturb, which is something else that I think um, it's interesting to me that you are growing these other small habits out of the tech Shabbat idea when most of us try and do it the other way around. And after having this conversation with you, I can see where it actually would work better to do the big one. I'm, I'm kind of excited about what I am excited about talking to my family. Yeah, I think it's something that it's, it's in the way you approach it too. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book is that I obviously have seen the, so many benefits. And so has my husband. And I mean, even productivity, like you're going to be more productive the other six days if you take a true day off, not like a quasi day off where you're kind of, looking at email that might have a work email in there or, um, but I ended up writing the book is kind of part my own story, but then the other half is like neuroscience and 
physiology and social science and you know your physical like all the science and research on why it is actually a better for you to do this so because some people like some women are like oh my god i would do this my husband would never do it. i'm like hand him the book and then they read the book and they're like oh yeah i'm on, they're on board because it they maybe responded to a different part of the story so i think um it's really good everyone's got to be on board that's another thing is like you're doing this together and i guess people that say oh my teens they would never do it. it's like you're the parents like and so your kids out of the house like you're in charge and i think people need to remember that a little bit more and they, I'm going to interrupt yeah. you there for a second, Tiffany, because I also want to remind us that we can say this is what's happening with our teens. We also need to adjust our expectations. If they weren't excited about this, don't expect them to show up being excited. We can expect them to show up and to be respectful, but don't get all, don't get our panties in a wad if they're not jumping up and down and going, oh, this is going to be great. Let them right. be there. Give them space. Do the things that you want to do and enjoy. Don't, don't be responsible for their feelings and don't let their feelings determine whether you're going to enjoy the experience or not. And then give it time. Right. And then I think I would also say to let them help design what that day looks like, because they're going to be more psyched if it truly has parts that they're going to be excited about. We did a show, I'll link it in the show notes. It was from the author of Daddy Saturdays. And it literally is what it sounds like. Dad was going to be with the kids on Saturdays. And this was his approach to doing it, which had a lot of similarity to what you're talking about, Tiffany, about designing things that the kids will enjoy doing. And it turned into, like your Shabbat, it turned into these wonderful memories and this great time of connection. So I'll link that in the show notes. I think that's a great, that's what it is. It's like, you know, it's not day without screens. Like that doesn't sound very fun. It's like day filled with everything we love doing. <laughs> and, you know, everyone can write a list of like five things they love to do and then make the day a combination of everyone's list. Yeah. I, and we have to take into account that different people are going to want different things. You know, our introverts might be like, I need quiet. I need to just be in my room by myself and I want to write or color or whatever. Or we can say, okay, we're going to be in the living room together, but it's going to be quiet during this time so that our introverts can have some of that downtime. That's right. And that's why it's kind of key that everyone and all the different ages and personalities are going to have different things that they'd want to do. So that making that day really feel like it has everybody's needs met and joys met. And doing a full day gives you time for that. You mentioned That's that right. when I said the idea before, of, well, try an evening. And you're like, that doesn't really fit the science. I don't know. I feel like everyone is telling you, turn it off at dinner, turn it off before bed. But I'm actually telling you something different. I'm like, I have been doing something for over a decade that is bigger than that. And the benefits are bigger than that. And it's a really old, ancient wisdom that I think we need to bring back. And I appreciate neuroscience. I love neuroscience. Oh. <laughs> so I appreciate that all of that's in there. And as I said, my experiences have also matched up with that. And I appreciate, Tiffany, that you took the time to join us here today. So where can we get the book 24-6? Yeah, if you just go to um, tiffanyschlain.com, and my last name is spelled, um, it's Tiffany with a Y, and then S-H-L-A-I-N.com. There's information about my book and my films, and you can find me on Instagram with that same name and Twitter and Facebook. 
You can, and I do actually, I do a monthly newsletter where I share a lot of these ideas. So you can find everything at tiffanyschlain.com. And yeah, I'm excited. If you're interested in it, I'd really say it's worth um, getting the book purely for the how-to section, the why, and the hand to your partner that you want to get on board or your kids. And if they won't read the book, have them listen to the podcast first. Cause I know oh, listen I to the podcast. Read a book. <laughs> I mean, and well, I've made quite a few short films on the subject too. Um, that's my first craft is filmmaking. So I have a five minute film called texture bots that will, you know, there's, there's like, I think like five or six short films that would also make a case for it. If you need to convince some people. Perfect. Cause you know, not everybody wants to sit down and read a whole book. Yeah, right. Some people want to listen to it too. They want to listen. They want to watch a movie. They want to listen to a podcast. But um, I will just say, as your children leave home, what what's valuable that you've shared with them? And I hope a lot of like amazing days and a lot of teaching them how to be resilient and resourceful and think on their own. Those are important qualities. They are, and they happen even by accident through this. Oh the middle yeah. of this podcast is one I listened to and they had a time period where they said they were going to have one tech free day uh, a week. And both of them had lived in LA for years at the time, but they were transplants. And they said they did not learn the city until they stopped using their cell phones. Mm. And they suddenly had to look at maps and, and then they talked to more people because they were asking directions. So I think inadvertent learning comes from it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us your ideas and to open up some new thoughts. I know I'm excited and I can't wait to test this out. So Tiffany, thanks so much for spending time. With oh, us Sandy, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I really, really enjoyed it. And thank you, Mighty Parents, for being here today and for being part of the Mighty Parenting community. Remember to share the podcast with another parent, especially if you hear someone saying something about tech or phones or being tired or not connecting with their family. This covers all of those situations. And remember that you're here, you're listening, you already are a Mighty Parent. You got this. And I will see you next week. Mighty Parents, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. If you're ready for more, visit MightyParenting.com where you can get your free email series, How to Talk to Your Teen, with tips for communicating with your teen in a way that builds connection and communication. You can also get Mighty Parenting Plus so you can access our private podcast, which includes all the Mighty Parenting episodes, behind the scenes, guest highlights, and more. And of course, remember to share the podcast with another parent to support them on their parenting journey.